This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to TMZ Live, Harvey Levin here. Charles here. So uh, AI has surfaced in a really awful way, uh, and the target is Taylor Swift. There have been pictures posted, pornographic pictures posted, not of Taylor, of an AI version of Taylor that is lewd and Very has just set the internet on fire. Yeah, these images, uh, whoever created them, um, are you know they're playing off of the whole Kansas City Chiefs thing and her being at the games, the images, none of which we can even, we couldn't even black bar them and show right, it to you. Right. But it shows Taylor in very graphic positions at AI Taylor. Yes, AI Taylor uh, at, uh, at Arrowhead Stadium being groped by Kansas City Chiefs fans while she is in various stages of uh, undress. Yes, uh, it is really difficult to see, especially for Taylor. Um, because this seems like a case of AI run amok, and obviously she would, is upset about this, but how do you stop it? Can you stop it? Um, that is the question. And by the way, I think maybe this is a, um, shows just how, in, how beloved Taylor is, that it's been trending all morning. Uh, respect Taylor, uh, respect Taylor Swift, protect Taylor Swift. Uh, her army of fans, have definitely been making a lot of noise about this and trying to get the images taken down by different social media platforms. But, you know, once it gets out, it's out. And so, obviously, you know, this is the new frontier of AI. Where is it going? And is this what people have to look forward to? That's the question. So joining us right now, someone who is an expert in this field, uh, in AI programming, uh, Steve Sterling, and uh, he is joining us now to talk about, uh, you know, Steve, your company obviously um, is involved in AI programming, but nothing like this, obviously. Is this your worst nightmare to see someone using the technology this way? Yeah, it's definitely one of our worst nightmares. I mean, listen, um, artificial intelligence AI has so much potential for good, um, and it's so disturbing to see something like this because these are bad actors. Um, they're giving AI, artificial intelligence, a bad name when AI is going to do so much to solve so many great problems that we have, but also entertain us. Uh, and it's got to be authentic and it's got to be carefully curated. Um, and these things going out like this are just setting everything back. Uh, it's really, really heartbreaking, honestly. We're, you know, we, we pride ourselves on being authentic. Um, and really going ahead and creating chatbots that are authentic to anybody we work with and um, any of the things we do. So um, this, this to us just sets us back. And, um, and it really um, is something now where I, I feel like, you know, if nutrition people say, watch what you eat. I think those of us in the media have to say, watch what you watch uh, and, and where is it coming from and what is it comprised of? So it's, a, it's really a bad moment here. And I fear there's more of them ahead for us. So we should say, um, number one, we've been working with Steve now for months on 
on a really fascinating AI documentary, and his company has just been great. Uh, but Steve, I got to say, um, I know you pretty well because we've had meetings every day for the last four months. Um, I'm surprised it surprises you because it just seemed like this was not only inevitable, but this is just the beginning. I mean, you know, now, you know, there are Joe Biden robocalls that aren't actually Joe Biden. People are being, you know, people are assuming other people's personality, their images, uh, their likeness. And this to me seemed um, like it was almost a foregone Especially conclusion. because the internet is so sexually charged to begin with that someone's identity was going to be used this way. Yeah, I don't want to, um, it, it doesn't surprise me. I want to say it disturbs me. Um, and uh, I think that there are, um, there's a lot more disturbing yet to come. Um, I, I think that, um, again, AI is something that has such incredible potential for good. Um, but these kinds of instances really are, are disturbing and they set it all back. Um, so it's, it's really difficult to see it happen when there's a whole lot of us out there that are trying to do good things, um, both that are good for humanity, which I'm in the entertainment business, but uh, also for entertainment. Uh, there's a lot of things to be done, a lot of educational, informational things that can be done. Um, and that's where we need all this to go. We just don't need this kind of stuff happening. And um, I think it's um, it's not really so surprising, Harvey. It's it's disturbing. But uh, I think what you're touching on is it's just it's just the beginning, unfortunately, until we, we um let, let people sort of, you know, get a handle on getting to the good side of things, not the evil side of things. Right. Steve, because they, the, whoever these bad actors, as you put it, accurately put it, uh, since they've gone after such maybe the most high-profile target they could, would you be shocked or surprised if there is talk, at least, of some form of legislation? And I don't even know if the legislators would know how to actually enact that, but that there would be talk of it now to sort of curb this, uh, the technology. Yeah, I'm really torn about it, Charles, because I'm not a big regulation guy, uh, although I think there's a lot of places where it's needed and we do have a lot of regulation and legislation to, to look out for people, but uh, I'm definitely more and more coming to this conclusion of it's, again, I use sort of the metaphor of nutrition labels. Um, do we have to start saying in the media, you know, here's where this came from. You know, this was created with artificial intelligence consumer beware or, you know, are we going to have to come up with things because it's really devastating to people and um, and it's just not it's just not going to um, regulate itself. But I think like a lot of these things, you know, how many car accidents did there have to be? How many people had to be killed before they came up with seatbelts? Um, so I, I think that this is the kind of thing that um, unfortunately we're going to see a lot of bad things happen like this for a little while and hopefully people will say you know this is not good for any of us um let's get to the right side of this you're right um i just wonder i gotta say steve i wonder what it's going to be like in 20 years looking back are we going to say this was a good thing or a bad thing i'm not sure what the answer to that is yeah. i don't think we'll know until you know? we get there I, I think it's interesting harvey i think right now on sort of the graph of you know ai uh you know where it's going and stuff we are in the early moments of the plot points of the graph um like a lot of things we see how they go and which direction they really go um i think this year is going to be particularly challenging because i think it's such a free-for-all um, but I, I'm an optimist, so I'm going to hope that uh, in this uh, age of the early, early days of AI, uh, people will quickly say, you know, I've had enough of that stuff. Um, show me the good. Yeah, I tried yeah. to kill your optimism during our project, <laughs> but it just didn't, it didn't take. 
Well, we can be better at that. <laughs> Steve, we can vouch for, I'm an for your company. I'm an advocate for good. That's what all I can I say. I know you are. I know yes. you are. Well, we can vouch for your company, Revival Studios. We've yep. seen the work you do. Steve, thank you. Good, so thank you so much. Yeah. By the way, thank you. Take by the way, we should mention it later in the show, we're going to talk to someone, uh, Will I Am, who is using AI for yeah. good in a much different uh, arena. But uh, we're going to talk to him about that later. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to move on to another Taylor Swift story. Yes. Troubling uh, as well. Exactly. Taylor Swift uh, is dealing with and has been for almost a week now a single person who has now been charged with stalking who continues to show up at her home in New York City. Um, and in fact, the latest arrest, which went down uh, Wednesday afternoon, happened just two hours after he was less in court. Than two. Actually, less, less than, than two, two hours yeah. after he was in court. Uh, for the second, first and second arrests. This man who's from Seattle, uh, this is him standing outside of McDonald's, which is one block from Taylor's home. And he eventually, according to police and witnesses, made his way back over to Taylor's townhouse. And again, he had just gotten out of court. There was a, a protective order put in place. He knew this. And the law enforcement sources we have spoke to said, this is not a case of someone who is not, uh, who's having mental episodes and not, aware of what's going on. They firmly believe he knows what he's doing. Um, and he even told them, oh, I'm flying back to Seattle, but they found no evidence of that. Yeah, it seems though that, I, I know the police are saying this, there's gotta be a mental illness component to this. There just has to be. I mean, this With guy this. is impervious to these restraining orders. And it's not even so much that he's fighting. It's just, he is drawn back to her place like a magnet. Yeah, he always goes peacefully once the police right. show up, but he's going back there. He was there Saturday night arrested, then again on Monday night, uh, and then Wednesday afternoon. So Yeah, and this is terrifying, you, you guys. She could have been there, and imagine if she had ever come face-to-face -face with this guy. Like, we don't know what he wants, why he wants to see her, why he keeps showing up. Obviously, he's an obsessive fan, so we don't really know how far he'll take it. I mean, he's he's gone beyond... Um, you know, being arrested and keeps showing up. Like, he's obviously not taking no for an answer. So what does he want? And that is the scary part, to see if he will get what he wants. Hey, guys, what's up? It's Anthony, a.k.a. Rari, out of Miami, Florida. And I think this is absolutely crazy. Like, the third time, uh, I, I hope she's safe. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm wishing the best for Taylor. Yeah, um, we should say what's different about the third arrest, we knew that, Taylor actually was in New York City um, because she'd been out the night before. At Nobu with right. Brittany Mahomes. So, That's um, right. Wow, scary. it is scary stuff. Alec Baldwin has been given a date to show up before the judge and answer the charge of involuntary manslaughter to enter a plea. He'll he will be arraigned. He will plead not guilty. Yeah, obviously he's going to plead not guilty. The date is February 1st, so in one week he will have to address this, but... Alec Baldwin and his attorneys are making it clear he's fine with that. The sooner, the better. They want to get on with this trial, or at least, you know, they're not, they want to make it clear they are not dodging this prosecution. They feel they, Alec Baldwin has always maintained he did nothing wrong, and they want their chance to prove that in court. And so you know that this is the second go-round with prosecutors. They had filed involuntary manslaughter charges against Alec Baldwin, uh, and then dropped it after the case just blew up. It was a mess. Uh, one of the charges they had was based on a law that wasn't even in effect when the shooting happened. So it was nuts. And look, I've said this and I'm going to say it again. I think this is an outrageous prosecution. I think they are going after him because he's a celebrity and they're getting some attention. 
But there, and by the way, and now SAG feels the same way, it seems. Yeah, the, uh, the Screen Actors Guild has actually spoken out in, in Alex's defense saying, an actor's job is not to be a firearms or weapons expert. Uh, firearms are provided for use on set under the guidance of multiple expert professionals directly responsible for the safe and accurate operation of that firearm, meaning the armorer. Y they are... Y you know what's really interesting about that? They didn't issue a statement the first time around. No, well, what's interesting, Harvey, is the first time it was unclear if the charges related to him as handling the gun or as the executive producer, which they alleged he was overseeing the set, maybe there was unsafe right. general, generally. Here, the allegations seem more directed at his manipulation and holding of the firearm. It's negligent use of the firearm or handling of the firearm itself, which really seems bizarre. It's directly contrary to SAG's statement that that actors aren't responsible for ensuring the safety of the gun on set. That's up to the professionals that are hired to do that. Well, yeah, Jason, I will kind of quibble with you on one thing, that the original charge that they dropped did involve um, the negligent um, use of a firearm because remember, there was a big thing on whether he pulled the trigger or not. Right. And I think what they're saying now, and I, I don't know this for a fact, but when you kind of connect the dots, I think what they're saying is they now have some proof maybe from well, the, the FBI, FBI yes the FBI that said you have no to way. pull the trigger in order for the gun to discharge and right. that's what they're going to hang their hat on yeah i think going back to what you and i were saying so so what it's not he, he wasn't responsible for the gun even had he looked inside the gun he would have seen something that he wouldn't have known to distinguish between a regular bullet and a blank and so right. it just it, how that falls on him is beyond me why so. do you think uh, sag issued a statement this time and not the first time I mean, I, the obvious thing seems like someone either in, in Alex's camp spoke to the union and said, why aren't you guys, you're supposed to be my union and you're supposed to be defending me. Hi, my name is Zach Ross calling from Porterville, California. And yeah, I mean, it seems pretty unfortunate for Alec. Um, it seems like, you know, the first go around, they didn't really have their stuff together, but now they took the time to go and do some research and come back with something that they're probably hoping is going to stick a little bit better. But it'll be interesting to kind of see how this turns out. Well, well, we'll see. Okay, we're going to move on. Yes, to Sofia Vergara and her role as Griselda Blanco, the uh, drug queen pin, I guess you would say. Um, so obviously it came out today on Netflix, and Sofia has been doing uh, lots of interviews, talking about this, promoting it. One that she did with Kelly Clarkson took a very funny turn. Uh, inadvertently, I think Kelly was talking to her about the makeup, and there was a lot of makeup. A uh, lot of makeup. Right. To... Kelly apparently didn't think so. <laughs> now, what you got to watch here that's just hysterical is that the Kelly moment digs the moment... a hole for herself. Yes, the moment Sophia sort of goes, uh, no, and then Kelly tries to dig out of she it. She is way underground by the time this finishes. I feel like they only changed your nose or something. I don't know what, what they did. Like they did, like they changed. Are you crazy? No, I'm saying like whatever they did though, it looks slight. It doesn't look like, you know what I'm saying? Like when you look at you, it doesn't no, look- No, Kelly, it was ours. Here's what I'm saying. No, here's what I'm saying. It probably took time, but what don't I'm be saying jealous. Is the slight change completely changed your being. Like it I was feel- a Shut up. It Shut was up. a wig. <laughs> it was That's a lot. Insane. They no, did no. a lot to me. It was teeth. It was wig. It was nose. No, it was but what plastic I'm saying, from though. here to here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, that was, by the way, I believe that was a playful shut up. 
Oh, it, uh, it definitely was a playful shut up. And you guys can even try and hear, like, Kelly's trying to, like, change the subject, anything she can do to get herself out of this. But as you could see in the video that Sophia posted, it's like she's going through hours of makeup changes. You know, she plays the cartel queen, Griselda Blanco. She wore a plastic mask, glued on her eyebrows, had a prosthetic nose and a wig. So she was like, what are you talking about? I look completely different. She did not want to look anything like Griselda, especially with all of that uh, cosmetic changes done to her character. Um, it's just I, hysterical. I also... <laughs> Well, it is, it is absolutely hilarious. I definitely feel for Kelly because I can remember, I can't remember who it was, but I remember being in that same situation at some point on this show where you're trying to dig your way out. And certainly you have. Oh, have I ever. Yes. <laughs> I just thought of three things. <laughs> we don't need to bring them up. We're not going to. Hi, Bob Mateus, Belmont, California. Um, I, for one, really uh, respect and appreciated uh, Sophia's candor. She's saying exactly what she thought, exactly when she thought uh, she thought it. Um, I've always respected her. Her success is uh, unmatched. She's one of the few uh, Hispanic actresses on national ad campaigns, Kmart, cover girl. But uh, I just really appreciated her honesty and her candor, and especially when she actually said to Kelly Clarkson to Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> right. very uh, by the way, yeah. and the, the, the best most charming shut up. To me, the her. best part of it was her initial reaction when Kelly said, just a little thing in your nose when you saw uh, right. Sophia's eyes just <laughs> bulge out. It was hysterical. <laughs> the weight loss battle uh, war. It's a war, really. Um, uh, about Ozempic has uh, been going on a lot of debate that really started, as we told you the other day, with Oprah admitting that she is using medications, we don't know that it's Ozempic, that has aided her in her weight loss. Uh, well, she's lost 40 pounds, I think she Something said. like that. Yeah. But um, initially she insinuated that she had not used it. Right. And, and that she of... wouldn't, and then she said, look, I am using them. And now everybody is sounding off on both sides of this, whether or not it is a good thing to use these medications for weight loss, or is it a bad thing? First we heard from Jillian Michaels, and she said there are long-term side effects people need to be wary of. And then, just the other day, we had Dr. Terry Dubrow from Botched come on, and he said... Forget the side effects. He said obesity is the leading cause of death. And, and we got to battle that. And Ozempic can fight that. So and get, had, get real. And we should say he had very, if you didn't see the segment, had very pointed remarks at Jillian herself. So uh, it is only fair that Jillian is now joining us uh, to rebut what uh, Dr. Dubrow had to say. Uh, Jillian, welcome back to TMZ Live. Counselor, your rebuttal. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, I first want to preface by making it clear that I would never judge an easy way out. That's actually incorrect. If I thought this was an easy way out, not only would I personally get on the bandwagon, I would get involved in working with the drug companies and sell it through my weight loss platforms and my weight loss app, there's absolutely no reason I wouldn't. I would profit off of it personally and professionally. It's because I don't think it's an easy way out. That I'm trying to educate people on the side effects and the ramifications associated with utilizing these drugs. That's all. So you look at somebody like Oprah. She seems to not only tolerate whatever side effects there might be, she seems, Jillian, to be celebrating it. Listen, I have no judgment on Oprah myself. What I do think is important is that she discloses a pretty significant financial interest in the medication. So, for example, 
When Weight Watchers announced their partnership, acquiring a company that provides access to these drugs, their stock went up 60%. Oprah, I believe, is the 16th largest shareholder. And to clarify, as I'm going to be doing this entire interview, this is not my opinion. This is from an article in Reuters. So I'm invested in a supplement company. I own a supplement company that sells collagen. If ever I talk about the benefits of collagen, I have to disclose I have a financial incentive. Do your own homework. I think that's very important, especially with something this serious. So Jillian, I'm sure you saw that one of the things that Dr. DeBro said uh, was that, yeah, there are some side effects, but he says all medications have side effects. And also there are some very significant side effects to obesity um, that he felt uh, also have to be addressed. First off, I think I'm the foremost expert when it comes to taking significant amounts of weight off of people, utilizing diet, exercise, and lifestyle. I think I've been the most outspoken for decades now about how deadly obesity is and catching bullets for it, being called a fat shamer because I don't celebrate obesity and the fact that it's associated with 170 comorbidities. However, point being, I don't believe these drugs are a solution. And the reason is because of information that doesn't come from me. So while Dr. Dubrow can say, I'm not going to debate with a personal trainer, if you'll allow me just a moment mm. to just oh, the glasses. Oh, 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 I like oh, the glasses. Oh, oh, glasses. Uh -oh. Nice thank touch. You. Nice thank touch. You, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Unfortunately, it's, uh, it's age related. Um, <laughs> if I could just, I, well, I don't defer to Dr. Dubrow for my information. If we could just go back to July of 2023, I believe he was the expert cited in an article in the New York Post. The price of Ozempic is already sky high, but experts warned extreme weight loss could also cost you your life. Dubrow, 64, is now urging experts in the weight loss community to raise awareness of the dangers of weight loss treatments such as Ozempic and bariatric surgery. Ozempic has been linked to a myriad of unwanted healthy unwanted or unsightly side effects, such as excessive and putrid belching, diarrhea, sagging skin, and most re recently, patients reported that the Hollywood Hill drug triggered suicidal thoughts. Currently, three of Dubrow's patients are hospitalized. Same time, three of them, due to intestinal problems and pancreatitis linked with ozempic use, he claimed, and they haven't even gone under the knife yet. So. I, what a strange about face he's made. All of the meta-analyses, and I mean all of them, okay, show that you will gain all of the weight back and then some when you get off of these drugs. You can't get off of it. Now let's look at the Ozempic Plateau. Let's presume you're going to be on it forever. I have pages and pages of research here about how whether you get off it or you stay on it, your body will eventually adapt and plateau, so the drug will stop working. So it isn't a long-term solution. What if you're on the drug knowing that you plateau eventually, but during that period you're, where it works, you're losing a lot of weight, improves. and yeah, and then you're, you're more motivated because you've seen proof of performance, you're more motivated to eat healthier, to exercise and do the things you're talking about. I would absolutely hope that would be the case. And in, now I will say, in my personal opinion, based on having conversations with individuals like Peter Atia on my podcast or Dr. William Lee on my podcast, they tell me and they've advised me 
In the instances where they would find these drugs useful would be individuals that need a life or death intervention, an absolute last resort under medical supervision where they are working with these individuals on other solutions, helping them get more fit, get the counseling they need, manage a healthy diet simultaneously. But this is not the majority of people on these drugs. It's just not. I'm not sure how I land on this with Ozempic, but here's what I know I land on. As soon as we're done with this show, I'm gonna go to your website because I'm gonna get the collagen that you use because I'm looking at your face and I just, I mean, it's like, how do I get some of that? Really? I, I mean, Harvey, that Harvey. collagen is like magic. I Jillian, wait. Jillian, I know you can't say this to him, but I think it's too late. There's only so much collagen can do. There's only so much collagen can do. Fit and handsome you are, and I'm I'm guessing it is an Ozempic that delivered those results. I'm guessing it's like that. Jillian, thank you so much for being with us. I'm glad you had your opportunity to uh, rebut Dr. Dubrow, who, you know, he he came with the, the New England Journal of Medicine, but Jillian also came with she plenty came of with, uh, she came plenty with of facts. data. Oh, hundreds of studies. <laughs> okay, Jillian, we love having you on. Thank All right. you. Appreciate it. Okay, we are gonna take a break. Yeah, we are. And when we come back, uh, TJ Holmes and Amy Robach, that fight that they had on their podcast, turns out there was something else going on in the background of that dispute, and it has to do with race. And you will hear why TJ in particular was very concerned about releasing that podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to TMZ Live. TJ Holmes and Amy Robach uh, obviously had that podcast the other day. They're up an episode where they were very frank about a an argument that they were having that certainly made people think that they were on the outs, that this relationship was going to be over. But there was something else that really concerned TJ about releasing that. Obviously, what they said happened was that they were having this argument. They decided let's they immediately bring out the said let's bring the mic out yeah. and let's record it and then we'll put it out there because they wanted to, as they said, show that they're a real couple, that it's not always hearts and flowers. And they also want people to listen. And they want people to listen to the podcast. But TJ uh, is now saying he had serious reservations about releasing it because he felt that there was going to be a racial backlash against him. Uh, here is how they <laughs> explain that on the latest episode of their podcast. I flat out said to both of you right there on the phone at 4.30 in the morning, East Coast time, that I don't want to put this out because this is going to, I fear, be viewed as a black man beating up on a white woman. Now, if anybody took their time and listened to that podcast, obviously, I was not yelling, screaming, I wasn't doing anything. But my immediate concern was that. And you and Sugarman both like, wait, what? I was shocked. I, so, and this is, this has been, there's been a lot of things that I have learned personally from not only doing this podcast, but listening to it back and then hearing your reaction and then seeing the response. I, that would never have crossed my mind. Race, 
the fact that you're black and I'm white would never have crossed my mind. And that's kind of to your point. You have to think about things that I don't think about. I had not heard that criticism, did you? No, and, and she pointed out that no one wrote headlines about that particular episode relating to race. But she did say she noticed that all the headlines were from her perspective. They were about how Amy feels and that, that Amy is upset. Well, she, was or that that Amy... she was the one that was crying. Right. I mean, of and course you would do it that way. Guys, I, mean, right. I, I have to be honest here. All of this is coming. I mean, their podcast is covered quite often weekly, but not to this degree. Just last week, there were reports that their podcast ratings were tanking. How convenient that this week... This is the narrative, the whole, oh, we're, there might be breakup rumors because they kind of sparked that earlier in sure. the week and all of that. It, it's just kind of got me wondering, you know, if there were these reports that the podcast ratings weren't doing so well, is this also, I mean, they work in media. They know what they're doing here. Is this them kind of driving their no, own PR? And, and, that's a and really I agree, and I agree, Brendan, and I think what I'm hearing from this latest episode is that maybe to your point, Brendan, they did realize we've got to be do something more raw that's gonna get people talking about this, and that's gonna get our ratings up, and that was to record their argument. Right. But what I'm hearing from TJ, and I completely understand this point, he had reservations because, yeah, we're doing this to drum up our ratings, and you guys think this is great. Sugarman, by the way, they're referring to as one of their producers and exec at iHeart. Right. Um, I get that, it. No. That he goes, wait a second, I'm gonna be the collateral damage in this if we put this out. But I, and I understand that, I really do understand that point, but. I guess what's interesting is nobody had, at least that I saw, maybe they did, I didn't see that reaction well, What they anywhere. said was there were comments when they posted the podcast that there were comments on their, on their page of course where there, there were people saying of that. Of course well, there well, were. Well, then he can be concerned about that. Hey, you guys, it's Eddie from Michigan. Okay, look, can you blame TJ for being nervous about this argument being released? We are in a climate where, hello, didn't we just see Jonathan Mayers get <laughs> rectified for his actions with his girlfriend, and he lost all deals that were on the table. Can you blame TJ for being cautious on this? No, not no. at all. Okay, we're gonna move on. Yes, uh, to Oscar nominee Jeffrey Wright, a beloved actor in Hollywood who almost everyone, certainly everyone in this town, and I think audiences agree is an incredible actor who's really not gotten the acclaim that he deserves. He is now Oscar nominated for Best Actor in American Fiction. The movie is also up for Best Picture. You saw it, I, I heard it's great, you I, saw I it. I said it the other day, one of the best movies I've seen in years for multiple reasons. You will laugh, you will cry, you will think about how you view black films um, and maybe you have to be a little critical of yourself. So, uh, we got Jeffrey out yesterday, uh, he was at LAX and we asked him, look, your film is a smaller budget film and there are a lot of big budget films like Oppenheimer, Barbie, and others that are you're up against, either in best picture or acting categories. Can you actually win? Does it feel a bit like David versus Goliath? You know, you no. got those, those big blockbusters, you know, Oppenheimer, Barbie. Yeah, I mean, we're a small movie. Yeah. Um, we shot our movie in 26 days. Wow. Um, so we are what we are, but we're telling a story just like anyone is telling a story, and uh, we're proud of our film. You feel like you got a real shot? I mean, because people, hey, my boss was like, yo, that movie made me cry, it made me everything. Yeah. It's what people don't expect with the black film, yeah. you know, like uh, it, it turns things on its head. Yeah. Um, 
So, so you're asking if I think uh, we have a shot? Do you think it's like, are you like, yo, like I really believe that I we think, got this. I think you just answered it. Well, well, listen, I think when you go into these award shows, you want to think, okay, I got a chance, but I think, unfortunately, American Fiction is not going to win Best Picture, and neither is Jeffrey Wright going to win Best Actor. Uh, I I don't know about that. And honestly, if Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction came on another year, he might very well have won it. He just came on a stacked year. Hi, I'm Che. I'm from Oakland, California. And yeah, I really would love for American Fiction to win Best Picture. I'd love for Jeffrey Wright to win. I think he's an incredible actor. I've been watching him since, I don't know, since like Basquiat, since he did Basquiat. But I think it could be, I think it might be um, Killers of the Flower Moon, to be honest. I would love for American Fiction to win, but it could be, I don't know, those other blockbusters are posing the threat. (laughs) Yeah. There is something absolutely groundbreaking on Sirius XM Radio now. Um, a, a show uh, that is hosted by Will I Am, which that's very cool. But he has a co host. That's not the groundbreaking part. It's the his groundbreaking co-host. part is his co host on the Will I Am Presents the FYI show is created by AI. It is an AI personality, I guess we call them now. Um, yes, Will and Cutie Pie uh, will be hosting the show, and they'll be having guests on. They'll be talking to them. Um, I don't know how this is going to work. Oh, this is but so interesting. I know Will loves all things about technology, so he seems like the perfect guy to do this, and he is joining us right now. Will, welcome back to TMZ Live. Hey, Will. Oh, what's up, guys? It's, it's awesome to be here. Thank you for making time and... Uh carving out a section of your awesome platform to talk about <laughs> my passion and the innovation that we're doing at Sirius XM with the FYI show. And yes, you said it right. My co-host is an AI. Um, and the way it works is amazingly seamless. If we're having conversations and interviewing people the way that you have conversations and interview people, but the ability to go deep on any subject, historically, currently, is freaking amazing. How does it work? Do you have like a program, like a chat GPT, where the AI is listening and responding in real time? Is that how this works? Yeah, so it works just like you said. It's a large language model that has um, conversational banter on any subject, historical or current. Um, and it's the, the, the best way to explain it. You know, and and uh, it's it's listening. Eventually, in the near future, right around the corner, it'll be able to see as well, um, and respond to, you know, the environment that it's in and the and the facial expressions you oh, make. Oh, that's fascinating. What we're doing with Cutie Pie on the FYI show, and Cutie Pie will be the first one, is to create AI stars, AI superstars, hmm. that that that, because unlike. Unlike AI, we have a limit as how engageable we can be. We can't have a million conversations at once. People that listen to Black Eyed Peas music or the music that I make, I can't answer a million questions and have a million conversations at the same time. I'm limited to one, maybe a Zoom call with 30 people, but if 30 people started asking me questions at the same time, I can't answer them all. Right. This AI co-host will be able to do things that no host would, would be able to do. So you're not replacing um uh a human you're just expanding the reach of a show like you said the better they get 
than you could replace a human, right? I mean, you're you're co-hosting with Cutie Pie at this point, but maybe you want to go on vacation uh, one week, and I imagine that at some point, Cutie Pie could just host it on their own. Or they do an AI will. <laughs> no, see, that's the part where I think we get in creepy land, is if mm -hmm. there's a an AI will that's doing my work when I'm capable of doing my work right now. Right. And so humans are, are, are still, in my, in my vision, humans are always going to be needed and important because we have this empathetic love quality and technology called love that no AI will be able to replace. Curious if you've had any thoughts about bringing a, um, uh, an AI bot into produce with you when you're doing music. I mean, this is, you're just hosting a, a show here, and I get how that's going to work, but is that something you'd also attempt? For the time being, I still make music pretty awesome that <laughs> I like. Right? I like the music I make. Like, I, like any chef cooks for themselves, mm -hmm. and their food is delicious to them. So my music is awesome to me. And um, I'm going to continue to make beats with humans, make songs with humans, but I also want to produce AI. I want to do it the other way around. So instead of AI producing for me, like, I want to produce AI stars. Okay. I want to produce and write songs for AI because I don't think AI can outright us yet. But yet, you know, you said something, honestly, I never really thought of it, but I, I'm just processing it as you're talking. You're right. There are going to be AI stars. And like you say, you could produce a star. So you have uh, AI performers. AI performers that become stars. And I really never thought of that, but it's obvious now that you say it. And you're kind of trailblazing that. Yes, and Cutie Pie and others that come this year, um, that's, that's where my focus is, is bringing AI to the intersection where we debate, where we, collab where we collaborate, where we hmm. chat, discuss, and it starts with the radio show. It starts here. And then from there, take it to other places. I'm looking forward to hearing how you and Cutie Pie navigate this. Will I Am presents the FYI show. Okay, this is really innovative. It is going to be interesting. Thank you so much. This is really fascinating. Looking forward to hearing it, man. Thanks, guys. All right. Really interesting. Hey, listen, you got you to try he's, this. He's right. There are going to be AI stars. He's absolutely the Maybe Cutie Pie is the first one. The legendary Fountain Blue, uh, the legendary hotel in Miami, which opened uh, last month in Las Vegas. After their big flashy opening, boy, people have just been taking shots of them over everything. They really have. And I think they're being a little overcritical with most of it. Except this. Except in this case. Uh, this is the latest thing they're being called out for. Now, if you saw that plate, what would you guess? That the, the last thing you would guess is that those are nachos. That is what, that's the $24 plate of nachos that you get at Fountain Blue if you decided Charles, you want that. Outrage. What do you, what do you is, expect nachos to look like at a Fountain Blue? The Fountain Blue is a, is a five-star hotel, uh -huh. which means that the restaurants are gonna be fine dining. Right. This is at a restaurant called The Tavern, and it's listed as a classic American restaurant with a twist that offers an elevated sports book experience. This is an elevated That's sports bar. Yeah, first, first of all, first of first all, first of all hold on, hold on a second. Wait a second, nachos. that is an oxymoron. Elevated sports book? Sorry, I'm not going in. If we serve that in our kitchen for elevated. one of our lunch We're days, not elevated. We're not elevated. elevated. We're not elevated. If we serve that exact thing, everybody would be bitching here. <laughs> okay, we got to pivot. Yes, I'm we got to triggered. Pivot. Yes, indeed. Instead, we're going to go to your favorite time of the week. Tim is here 
with his rejects and hopefully no nachos. No nachos. So Not those nachos. <laughs> not those nachos. So when was the last time you guys went bowling? I actually went to last month. I haven't been for a while, but I love yeah, bowling. Yeah, I went bowling uh, last month. Unless you go all the time, it's hard to get a strike, right? Because, you know, it's hard, uh, hard to do. Uh, well, oh, Mr. Pro over there, Charles. Or yeah. Okay, since you're such a pro, I guarantee you can't get a strike like this. This guy is sitting on the ball return machine. He's facing the other way, and uh, he dials it in. All right. Well, well, wait, I forgot to ask. Do you, do you guys use bumpers when you went bowling? No. No? You know what, I, I Tim? Of course he does. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, next. <laughs> All right, so Charles, on a scale of one to 10, what would you rate your skiing? Uh, I'd say I'm an eight. Eight, Strong okay. Strong eight. Strong yeah. eight, well that's pretty good. I'm guessing this guy is a 12 out of 10, so this guy's going down the slope okay, here. Okay, this is um, ridiculous. He takes that one ski off, and he's skiing down the mountain uh, on essentially one leg, and he's doing tricks while he's doing it. Not essentially, it is one well, leg I, that yeah. he's skiing on. Yeah. So I don't know how dangerous this is. I don't know how easy this is, wow. uh, Charles. It's um, not I mean, easy, and the hardest uh, part of it really is getting the ski off. Right. Wow. That's yeah. what, I don't get it. No, All right. All right, Last so one. when you guys uh, when you guys uh, lay tile, some of the bigger <laughs> tiles they can be Just very heavy, week. so right. you have to be careful, and sometimes yeah. you have to use a suction cup. So this guy is laying tile mm -hmm. uh, on the floor, and it's a big piece. And um, as you can see, the suction cup does not work. Can I ask you a question about Mistakes that? Mistakes happen. Yes. Why did we see that? Well, because it's uh, next time you lay tile, you got to be careful. Measure, use a suction cup, and then you won't have this wow, issue. Wow, thank Good you. Advice, Tim. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> yeah, just I love you can always justify it, no matter how bad it is. <laughs> oh, my God. Thanks, Thanks Tim. All right, see ya. No, no, no. That did not deserve no, applause. No, no, no. Nope, nope, no. It's petering out. Yeah. Okay. Everybody and their mother, uh, and their sister, and their brother. Literally. They're Everybody and their mother in the Kardashian family. Right, are in Paris for Fashion Week, and Kylie Jenner made a big splash when she entered in this sort of sheer. I'm not going to. Oh, I love. I, no, I love when you. Do yeah, this. I know. You're oh, like, go oh, describe it. you want me to talk fashion? <laughs> anyway, no one was talking about the dress. They were talking more about her hair and makeup, and that she just seems much older than the 26-year-old woman that she is. My rebuttal. Uh huh. I think she does look older. Right. I think she also looks better. But I think that look is almost... But there's a almost... difference in a 20-something look. And some people have thrown out the number 40s, but, I, I, you know, I don't know if she looks that old. Here's the thing. You and I are probably going to go back to our desks <laughs> and order Jillian Michaels collagen. Kylie's not. Probably. See I, I already ordered. <laughs>